Welcome to Fantastic Books and How to Read Them. The fantasy book review podcast by this couple who's read more than a couple of fantastic books. We're your hosts, Sam and Anna, and let's see what we're reading this week. A one, a two, a skiddly doodly doo. Ooh, yeah. Put your head in the microphone. Welcome back, fantastic <laughs> listeners. This is Sam and Anna, and, and we are back in action. It's full swing summer, so it's like definitely reading season. I'm always reading books at the beach. I feel like I'm like all eager and have been reading a lot of fantasy books lately. So yeah, you've been like going ham. Yeah, well, I've tried to read 50 books every year, and I'm a little behind schedule because when I had COVID, I didn't read anything <laughs> and just watched TV for a month. So that's uh that's why I'm doing that. But yeah, I have been reading many fantasy series lately, so. You want to drop a couple of them? Because some of them were really cool. Yeah. So the one that I'm reading right now, it's a pretty well-known fantasy series, but I'm reading the Farseer trilogy by Robin Hobb. I think it's actually very similar to Name of the Wind in terms of like story structure. It's the story of somebody's life. This main character fits Farseer, and he has magical abilities, but they're not like typical high fantasy magic, like wizard magic. Um, it's kind of like innate abilities that he has. He can connect his mind with animals' minds. And the trilogy is him looking back, telling the story of his life. So it's similar to Name of the Wind, where there's no like clear plot besides his kind of like overall life goals happening. But it's a lot of more of similar to Kavoth's story of like the day-to-day and all these other side things that are happening, and they kind of eventually are going to all come together. But I read the first one at the beginning of the year and i'm halfway through the second one and it's really good yeah it seems like a really cool premise interesting characters and like cool plot yeah and the world building is like very subtle um because it's just like him existing in the world so he kind of encounters the world as we we encountered along with him as he goes about different places and meets new people so it's not like super description heavy so mm-hmm. i really quite that like can it take away from the story sometimes yeah I'll never forget that, like, 40-page description of Trondheim and Eric. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that was rough. That was rough. That is pretty rough. Without diving too much into that book, it would be great to meld your mind with an animal. And I did like that concept that you can only use that skill set sparingly because it makes you more primal and, like, animal-like. Yeah, and in the what's really interesting is in that series is that is seen as like a dark magic so it's highly frowned upon to use that and like he has to be very secretive about ever letting anyone know he has that ability at all and there are a couple of other natural like magical abilities people can have or can like hone and develop and those are seen as like high high skills um so it's really kind of cool to see the difference between like how society receives the two different kinds Mm -hmm. and how they can be used in different ways but yeah. there's, like, politics, there's romance, there's, like, internal politics because he lives in, like, the keep of the king. And then external politics with, like, all these other groups outside them. And then there's, like, kind of civil unrest going on. There's romance going on. There's his relationships with all the other characters because he's a bastard. So his, like, uh, his uncles who are in line to the throne, he has different relationships with them and with other people in the castle. So it's very good. I think if people like Name of the Wind, they would probably like that trilogy as well. Yeah, it definitely seems like it checks off all those, like classic boxes just of like a good story in general Mm. but then if it has a similar styling i think it's definitely worth the read yeah i highly recommend and unlike king killer (laughs) it's a complete trilogy it came out in the late 90s early 2000s and there's actually two follow-up trilogies so there's nine books to go through um so patrick we're waiting (laughs) (laughs) any day now no, I, I feel like authors don't They don't owe, us, owe anything. us anything. However, we are eagerly anticipating the next installment. Yeah, I would never get mad at somebody for not Mm-mm. doing it. I mean, there's, I was supposed to write some articles based on my thesis a couple of years ago, and I just didn't do it, you know? Mm-hmm. Sometimes life happens. Help me studying for my CT boards. Like, life gets <laughs> crazy sometimes. Yes. Um, so without well, derailing too much. Um, well, a perfect follow-up announcement is that we're going to change our posting days to Wednesdays. Yes. Speaking of life being too much, we are just not delivering on having episodes ready on Mondays. And I think a drop in the middle of the week might be more manageable for us, especially heading into summer. Things tend to get busier for us. The world is opening up after COVID, so I know we're going to be busier. 
Plus, viewers, we're getting married. We're getting married. It is the official 75-day countdown, so we're going to be getting pretty busy. Um, We will do our best to keep the content coming, but there might be a couple like... A couple weeks in September where it's not happening because we'll (laughs) probably be on our honeymoon. We'll be on our honeymoon. Um, There might just be like some bonus episodes instead of the regular chapter episodes. We might do like character analyses or something instead. We're going to be taking our recording studio to Cancun. We'll be live. We'll set up our mics on the airplane. Everyone's going to love us. It'll be awesome. (laughs) Just wait. But I think I have no further announcements. No. So we can just jump right into chapters. I forget the numbers already. You'll find out at the end of this episode how far we go. Also, heist time. Oh, it's the best chapters. It's like we finally come to the end of both struggles. It's a big old heist on Ambrose, like, all the characters have their like all anybody who's anybody's part of the I feel like it's literally like the best of like everyone comes back and like has their little like moment in the spotlight of like part of the heist like even Basil's part of it like just these characters you've kind of forgotten about they all come together into one place so both like crew is all shooting the shit with each other which we haven't really seen like Fela, Mola, Will, Sim, Devi, Basil (laughs) (laughs) and Basil (laughs) Basil all in one place so i think it's really exciting yes there's so much to unpack and talk about so without further ado let's dive right in chapter 32 blood and ash so our chapter opens up with kavoth walking through some crunchy leaves it's almost a jump because the last chapter ends with simon and the alchemical complex and then all of a sudden we're like fast forwarded in time and Kavoth's in a location we don't know yet. So I listened to this on audiobook and I thought there was an, an error almost because there's such a big jump in the plot. But it really gets right to like the exciting parts. Yeah, it jumps right into the action. I love this because Kavoth walks it through like the woods into like this little like outcropping of trees and rocks and like a clearing. Mm-hmm. And there's a small fire and sitting around it is Mola, Fela, Sim, and Willem. Oh, they're immediately busting his balls. You're late. <laughs> yeah, like classic. So they're all there waiting for him. And I think Sim is like, is it done? Yes. And I love that. Like he is always for better and for worse. Just a great friend character and just always helps set the scene unintentionally. Mm, yes, he definitely does. He's a little bit of a plot device in that way. Yeah. But. It's exciting because, like we've been saying, Kavos has been working on all sorts of things lately without any real clues. Like, you know, he's working on the gram, but he's been working on other projects. So we're not sure at this moment, like, what's being unveiled. Yeah. And so, big flex moment. Kavos, um shows Yay! off his <laughs> so newly exciting. fabricated gram. Oh, so cool. And it's described really cool. It's like that little metal disc and it. he strapped it to his, like, forearm with some, like, leather cording. Because apparently uh, it works best when it's against, like, surface area of skin. Yeah, so I think it has to be probably because it's working in tandem with your skin and it's got the runes for skin on it. So yeah. I'm not sure that it's, like, more powerful when it's touching, kind of like a sympathetic link. In order to remind you of at work, we have in the operating room certain devices that prevent um, electrocution. Mm. So they're called grounding pads. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's, so- those cars are grounded, too. Yep. And so, in my mind, that's, like, very similar, uh... I almost think of it like a lightning rod. Mm. Where it would just, like, absorb... Yeah, like, the more surface area it's covering, it it can either absorb the heat from the body or shield the body's heat. Oh, like, are you saying the bigger the gram, the more powerful it would be? That's a concept that actually wasn't what I was going for. It was more like it needs to be in direct contact with skin to act as a better insulator to protect the body. Oh, yes, I agree. I think, you know, the closer it is to, like, your actual flesh the probably better it is right and in more of a surface area contact it'll work more efficiently too right i thought you meant like if there's more surface area of a gram touching you like if the gram is larger Mm. it's going to be more efficient but i don't know if that's necessarily the case yeah i don't know if size would necessarily make it a more efficient or more powerful device it probably has to do with like because it isn't because it has to do with the runes and the metals like kind of connected to your sympathy though like it's a sympathetic link based on your skill and then the runes make it permanent without you having to hold it in your mind yes 
I think the problem is, especially with the writing, this it wasn't a fully... It is a flushed out system, but the inner details of how it works are not fully cut and dry. Yeah, I, I guess my question is, if you're a really good sympathist, are you guaranteed to be a more powerful artificer in terms of just like writing the runes? Or are those kind of two different skill sets? I think they're two different skill sets. One can help impact the other. Because I remember there were moments where Kavoth was mentioning how there wasn't a full, like, not necessarily language, but like written Mm -hmm. rune set. And that you'd have to kind of like piecemeal it yourself at times. Yeah. So I think one does correlate, but it doesn't necessarily guarantee. Okay. Either way, he's clearly made a very powerful gram. Either way, big flex, rocking the gram, finally protected. Will and Simon don't have to spend another two span watching him, watching while you sleep. Like <laughs> everybody can finally get some well deserved shut eye. I can't. That's too long to not be sleeping. But also, and I love the concept here because um, they want to go test it out. This is such a bold choice, and I know obviously you have to test it because it's asking his friends to pour perform malfeasance against him and that's so scary casually around the campfire on a spooky night well that's why he invited mola he said he figured and i think he just you know she's part of the crew sort of now but he mentions that he brought her along because he thought it would be best to have a physiker there in case something goes really badly and i love it because she was like i wasn't expected to be here in like a professional capacity i thought we were just like hanging out i love that phrase like a professional capacity I'm going to start slipping that in. I really like it. Because I feel like that's better than like, oh, Mola's a physiker and that's her identity. It's like, oh, Mola has these skills, but she's got, you know, that's there's more to her identity. Yeah, for sure. So I hope they invited her for her friendship too. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, like, this is just phase one of the hangout. And then like phase two, obviously, is heist time. Yeah. So. Did these happen on the same night? Yeah. No, they happen. They happen separate nights. No, this is all one night. No, because at the end of the chapter, Kuo says he goes to lay in his bed at Ankers, and it's, like, very cozy. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah, because this is their first earned night of sleep. Mm, yes. We're yes. getting ahead of ourselves, though. Either way, heist time. <laughs> so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited for the heist. <laughs> um, they're testing out the gram, and really interesting concept comes up in conversation where um, they were asking, oh, what do you want to use as your link? And Kavol says, I want to use both blood and hair. And Fela then says, you need to mix the blood with something because if not, it's just going to kind of um, seep out of the wax. Like it, it's, it'll like permeate through the wax. It's like water and oil. They're not going to mix. Yeah, but it's interesting that she knew that offhand. It is interesting. And they call her out on that because I think it sounds kind of creepy if someone's yeah, telling like, you about how to like mix blood with things. So she then gives her explanation and they decide to mix the blood with just some ash yeah um hence the title Ooh, see well now you got me paying attention to them i know i'm usually the one with the title i'm still in your thunder i'm useless (laughs) (laughs) without the titles what am i what do i provide to this podcast i don't know i'm the only one that writes notes in the book so yeah I'm kidding. One thing that I thought was interesting is while they're making the Mamet of Kavoth, they specifically have a type of wax called sympathy wax. Mm. And I know they've mentioned it before, but this is the first time I've really thought about why sympathy wax would be different from like candle wax. And if you could use one for the other. So um, my thought process was it was more malleable than candle wax. Oh. Because it was like they always say, oh, I warm they warm it up in their hands and then start shaping it almost like clay. So I think it's mixed with different things. One, to shape and mold faster than a candle. And mm-hmm. two, it might have different like density properties that would hold things like hair or blood that makes more sense. efficiently. I was thinking of some kind of like imbued with a, some kind of alchemical situation or whatever, but I think it might just be soft wax. Yeah. Because if you think there's like, you know, candle wax and sealing wax and bees beeswax are all different textures Mm -hmm. so they would just be the same okay i was overthinking but anyway they start making the mama of kavoth after mixing the blood and ash together and they put his hair in and they're kind of making fun of it as they go along like simon's like oh his head's bigger yeah like (laughs) and kavoth's like yeah well i have genitals too so you know there's only so much you can do to personalize a wax doll which i think he's trying to like impress 
the I ladies think, there a little bit, but also not I sure. think he's also nervous, and that's like his like using humor as like a defense mechanism. Because mm. he's like, go uh, do malfeasance against me. Have you tested your gram yet? No. no. You know what I mean? Like, you could have, like, theoretically could have miscalculated and got like roasted here. Yeah. Yeah. Simon kind of gives it a trial run, and Kavoth forever just being the performer that he is <laughs> uh, pretends to like. He just like shrieks and like holds his leg before Simmons even done anything. Yeah, and so such a good joke that like classic. Yeah, so good. <laughs> oh, one thing I did want to take a small step back and uh, go over with this chapter, which I thought was really cool and worth going over, uh-huh. was um, Simmons does touch the gram, mm. and it reacts um, almost identically to the Arcanist Gillers. Which both touched Ben's like way back at the beginning of book one. Yep. And if you recall, those like gag gifts when you were a kid, like I think there was one where it was like a fake uh, piece like a of fake gum. stick of gum yeah, that like electrocutes you. you a little bit. And it makes your arm go numb. I loved those gag gifts. Yeah, <laughs> they're just stupid, but they're great. Yeah, or like this sounds so stupid saying it out loud, but like if you've ever licked a battery, mm. it makes you go numb a little bit. Can't say I've done that, but similar principle. <laughs> What? <laughs> you people don't do that as a kid. How <laughs> do kids go uh, run around and play and uh, don't go licking batteries? I think, you know what, never mind. <laughs> We're not going to get into this story. <laughs> I like the concept that a fully-fledged arcanist earns their giller, and it's obviously representative of their skill in graduating from the university, but also acts as a gram for them to protect them. Like, there's multiple forms and functions to a giller more than just the like ceremonial presentation of achievement i think you and i talked about it on a previous episode too like whether or not that's something that the university makes for each student or if you're supposed to make your own in order to graduate i feel like you'd have to make your own but not everyone studies in the fishery right and mm. it might be such controlled knowledge that kelvin doesn't want a lot of people knowing yeah maybe it's commissioned then because you remember when he asks uh, Kilvin for one, like someone to make him one, he's like, oh, I'd make my own. But he says he doesn't have workers to spare on oh, it. Oh, yeah. So maybe... Maybe you can get them made. Like commissioned, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So cool that they have extra purposes. And that's like such a perfect thing for a fully-fledged Arcanist to have. Yeah. I mean, it's guaranteed protection. Right. But like it's also part of like your graduation thing. So yeah. I don't know. It's just like a really useful piece of equipment. Yeah, no, it's really cool. Jumping to our friendly fire malfeasance, um, Simmons too spooked because Kavoth, you know, lays it on thick and pretends that he <laughs> got like annihilated when he didn't. So he's all like, "I'm nervous." I know, and I, I just love do this because of all people, the physicer, the one who's taken an oath to like cause no harm and treat all those who get hurt and like try and heal them the best of their capabilities. Like, I'll do it. Oh, I never thought of it like that. I always thought of it as as more so Mola has experience with gore and like blood and like stitching people up. So she's probably like got a much sturdier stomach than the rest of them. Oh, I think that's definitely part of it too. But the irony I hadn't really thought about like taking the oath to not hurt anyone is so good. Yeah. <sighs> See, we need you on the pod. I've earned my place. You're more than just a title boy. I'm more than just a pretty face. <laughs> <laughs> I love this because... She does give it a good go and attempts some, like, strong malfeasance. Yeah, I think she, like, stabs him in the leg, essentially. And she's like, you know, how'd you do? He's like, honestly, I didn't feel anything. She's like, cool, I'm about to, like, turn up the heat, quite literally. Yeah, she was like, that was, I didn't even give it my all. Yeah. here we go. One thing I do want to, like, touch on, which I thought was great, was um, kind of dorky, but total fantasy and just all comic book and cool things related, um... There's this part where Kavoth says, okay, like, I got to take down my guards. And he said it was really hard at first because yes. he's had his ALR up for basically two span. Yeah. And so, Doesn't he compare it to, like, a muscle that's been clenched? Yeah, And you're, like, easing up? Ugh. And I thought about it almost, like, as if it was mental weight training. Yeah, we talked like, about it, that last time where yeah, it was, like, like the... the endurance of it and the strength of, like, constantly having it like full protection up at the ready yeah so you know he's so much stronger and 
in the next chapter, he even mentions how much he's learned in that time and how much stronger he's become because Debbie, Debbie yeah. reappears and they're kind of going tit for tat a little bit, you yeah. know, poking at each other. And I want to save that for that chapter. Oh, it's so good. good. I, won't, I won't go too but far ahead. The point I wanted to make was one of the anime shows like to watch Yu Yu Hakusho where it was like a very similar concept where it was like somebody kept like their spiritual like guard up for so long that like it exponentially made them stronger and i feel like this long term really improved kavoth's ability of sympathy it definitely does it absolutely does cuz you know by the next chapter he says he's stronger and there's no way he couldn't be after doing that for so long yeah and that was just one fraction of his mind which is cool cuz obviously he can do up to i think like a six part binding but like yeah and he's doing it on like injuries, no sleep, et cetera, et cetera. So once he gets to be like full power again, he's unstoppable. Your boy's yoked. <laughs> <laughs> again, Mola doubles down. She heats up the needle and really tries to give it her all to attack. Kavok. She's kind of intense. She yeah. goes really hard on him. And she's elves. So like, girls, super knowledgeable and well trained in. They even say that she's probably at least three times more powerful than Ambrose. Good. Fuck Ambrose. <laughs> and again, the Graham uh, serves its base function and protects Kavoth. He says he can kind of feel the Graham like get cold against his skin. And I think this time he can feel like a prodding in his leg, but mm-hmm. can't. It's just like if someone's poking you, which he does mention, he looks over to see if it's Sim like playing Poke a joke on him. Stick. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. Payback for the scream earlier. Yeah, really. And so she really just goes for the balls literally and just tosses the momet in the fire, murmurs a binding, and like really tries to like go for the kill. It's and so scary. Like what if that didn't like, work? Like imagine if he just like combusted the flames. Yeah, like, like cool Mola, you could have literally just killed somebody. Mola, stop it. Like, <laughs> just like roasting. It almost seems like when it says she mutters a binding, I thought she was like getting rid of all of the bindings like saying something that canceled it out and was like tossing it in as a joke but no she's going full force yeah so Kavos says he can feel it and he starts laughing kind of crazy because he's like he yeah. feels like he's the Graham gets like terrifyingly cold but like he, he feels can feel okay. the heat of the fire and says he feels like he's surrounded by hot wind which again Kavoth and his connection to the wind and the air so he just kind of like laughs like a crazy person for a few minutes yeah but it does its job. Yay! Yeah, so he's fully protected. So he can leave his ALR down now. Will and Sim don't have to keep watching him. He's not going to get destroyed by malfeasance. So, like, such a huge relief. Mm-hmm. And like we said, there's, like, Kavoth's suffering period. And these next few chapters are just, like, his coming out of that. And it's so satisfying, all the things that happened to him. And it wouldn't be a full chapter if it didn't have one moment of Simmon kind of like mucking things up a little bit. Oh, yeah. Because, and I quote, it might be enough to keep Devi off your back and give you some breathing room. And Mola's like, Devi? (laughs) Classic Simmon, just like tail between his legs. like He did that on purpose. I think part of it, I don't know. Like, I don't think he's smart. But I also think he's just one of those relatable people that just, like, stupid stuff flies out of their mouth. Like, we all know people like that. That's fair. I I don't think he necessarily purposely wanted to bring Devi up in front of other people, but I don't think he thought enough to be like, Devi's Kavoth's secret shouldn't mention her. I think it was just like... Right. Yeah, I think it's like a bad case of the dum-dums. Shouldn't have said that. Yeah, like, total Hagrid. (laughs) Total Hagrid. (laughs) So, uh, now Fela and Mola know about Devi. And they take a little bit of an interest in this story, which Kavoth obviously does not want to talk about because he's mm. embarrassed by it and doesn't want people to know he owes her money and he's definitely in a tight bind. And he even mentions that, because I think Fela asks what happens if you can't pay her back. And he's like, oh, well, you know, if I put in some time at the fishery yeah, and you know, a little extra hard work, I'll be able to pay her back. But he, in the back of his mind, is saying... I can't afford both Devi and my tuition. So no matter what happens, Ambrose has won. Like, I'm getting... There's no way I can continue with the university after this. Yeah. Which is so sad. But he's still trying so hard to get himself out of this situation. Which is understandable because, as he does tell Mula and Fela, his blood is with Devi. And if he doesn't pay her back, she's going to sell it. So he's definitely 
nervous about that whole scenario. And they're like, what are you going to do? And he's like, honestly, like, let's not spoil a good night. I'll figure it out. And I wish like, that they would just pull together a little bit and help him. And well, I know that like no one wants charity from their friends yeah. sometimes, especially Kavoth, because he's so proud. And I don't think they're really comprehending his money troubles because he's really rolling it under the rug and wants to just celebrate the gram. Yeah. So. Because this for him quite literally could be the end. Yeah. And um, it's funny because, and we find out later, like Mola and Fela are like homies with Devi. Yep. So that's why they kind of perked up when they heard her name. Yeah. The way this chapter ends in quite cozy is Kavod has the luxury of sleeping in his narrow bed in his tiny room. <sighs> it's so satisfying. He woke up slightly in his sleep by the sensation of chill metal against his skin. He smiled and rolled over and slid back into blissful sleep. That's so satisfying. Yeah. It's like clearly it's working. I think the relief of knowing it's working against whoever's performing the malfeasance too, because we weren't sure how powerful of a sympathist they were. Mm. And like, God forbid, Ambrose went out and found like the most powerful person he could to perform it, which seems unlikely, but you never know. It's doing its job, which is awesome. So this is like the last little bit before big heist time. Oh, yeah. Chapter 33. Fire. Heist, 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 heist. It's heist time! I'm so excited. This is like... This is so much cool sympathy, so much like perfectly enacted planning, good revenge. Everyone gets like their moment. Anybody who's anybody is part of this chapter. Yes, everyone's there. So cool. Such a great ending to Kavos' time of suffering. Yes. Uh, All right. So one thing I do want to just talk about before we jump in as we go through this chapter is I feel like this is one of these major like climactic moments in the book. I feel like there's like about five like peak moments. Yes. During this book. And this is definitely one of them. And I just love this montage that like occurs. Yeah. It's so good. It's probably what the second, maybe the plum Bob was the first. Yeah. I feel like it's like plum Bob, this arrow catch, arrow catch, leaving the university Bill Alvaron, Bandits, Florian. Um, oh, shit. I forgot about Florian. Sword Training, Falsa de Maru, and back home. Okay, so there's 27 plot points. <laughs> so good. If you follow my quick 27-step program, you'll get through this. <laughs> here, 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 and here. Sound the deadline and begin. A perfect story. Oh, so good. All right, anyway. Chapter heist. <laughs> Chapter 33, Fire, which <laughs> is appropriately named for a couple of reasons. Okay, break it down. All right, so obviously the first instance, um, Ambrose's room's catching fire. Right. Which is like the necessary cause in order to destroy the mama of Kavoth. Mm-hmm. But it's also like the burning fire and passion Kavoth has for Denna, which kind of spurred him trying to steal the ring back in the first place. Yeah. It's also a call back to kindling because Simon and Fela start like really getting their relationship going by the Sparks. end of this. Also fanning the flames for Kavoth and Denna because there's an earlier chapter called Kindling. That's what I was talking about. Yeah. A lot Plus of also parallels. just Obviously, it's connected to the fire in Ambrose's room, but the fire that, like, Devi builds. Yes. Oh, and they kind of rekindle their friendship, Kavoth and Devi. Uh, so, uh, fiery red-headed types have to stick together, you know? <laughs> oh, yes. So, all the parallels. So good. So, so good. cool. All right. Let's get into the chapter, though. <sighs> all right. Kavoth is over at Ankers, and he's packing his bags, and some, like, village boy uh, approaches him and is like, are you Koth? And he's like, <laughs> it's Kavoth. Yes, I am. I wonder if that, so you know, there's that like kind of rumor in the Harry Potter books where in the fourth one, Hermione has to like phonetically say her name to Crumb. And that's because none of the fans knew how to say Hermione. So J.K. Rowling like wrote it into the books. I'm not sure if that's true, but I've heard that story a bunch of times. So I'm wondering if he put Koth because people didn't know how to say Kvoth. I think in the first book, it says Kvoth spelt like Quoth. But is it supposed to be said quoth? I don't know. Or is it quoth? There's no like phonetic um, suggestion in this passage here. Right. I mean, I guess Patrick Rothfuss in his video says quoth, so I'm going to go with the original source. Yeah. But yeah, it 
especially just reading the name the first time, you're like, is it Kavothe? Is it Kavoth? Is it Kavoth? Yeah, it's it's not not a real name <laughs> that I've ever heard before. So, nope. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, some kid comes looking for Koth. Yep, and he's like, daily. he's got like a damp, gross letter. Yeah, just all gremlin child, and so kid's like expecting money, and he's like, dude, like this notes like an hour late like you're not getting anything it's it's from denna she wants to meet both for dinner right yeah and he's obviously on his way to big old heist time so i don't have time for this it's heist time denna don't you know but the kid's also late so like he definitely doesn't have time now yeah and so he sends a kid back with another note and he like wax seals it and he's like you'll get paid when you actually get the note to the right person on time correctly this time Mm mm-hmm and then he's told to leave the response with Anker. Yeah, so off your pop. Good riddance. <laughs> so it kind of boots the kid out and like moves on to preparing for this evening's set of activities. Yes. So he meets all the cast and crew, right? Yes. And it's pretty great because the sun's setting down in the forest and Wilm's there kindling a fire and Simmons already there. They're like gathering up wood. Yeah. And so uh, Fela comes out from, like, the tree line, and girls just dress to the nines. Oh, yeah. They're all, like, flabbergasted. Like, they knew she was pretty, but she's, like, done herself up, and she's got this gorgeous gown on, and she's obviously got <laughs> a plan that's different from theirs. Like, she has a different part to play in the plan. Oh, yeah. She plays the part of the seductress, and... I feel bad. She has to go on a date with Ambrose. I know, and he's totally just a piece of shit, so... She even drops in, like... Because remember, Kavoth calls in the favor from saving her. Yeah. She's like, I didn't think when I offered you a favor that you'd send me on a date with another man. Like, still trying to, like, she's still kind of interested in Kavoth. And by the end of the chapter, she's, like, totally changed her tune. Yeah. And it's funny, too, because, like, forever never being subtle, like, Simon is just, like, mouth agape and being like, you're beautiful. Like, just (laughs) totally just head over heels. Well, it works out for him somehow. Yeah. Nice guys don't always finish last. Simon has his moment. <laughs> but, um, you know, gang's gathering up and we end up having Mola joining the crew and we hear a very familiar voice following with her. Oh, yeah. But Kvothe can't place it at first. He doesn't no. know who. And I just love that it's just like foul mouth, like angry, sarcastic, <laughs> short and to the point. And who is it? Debbie. Those red-haired types got to stick together. Oh, yeah. And I feel like Kavol's head is, like, whirling in that moment because he's like, what? How? You you know each other? Like, this is, like, a combination of people he would have never expected to be. This is why I love these, like, little group togethers. Like, yeah. And I think at one point Simmons says, like, do all the women in the world know each other? And there's kind of this commentary about, like, the university, which feels very similar to traditional academia, too, in our world of, like, oh, there's so few women in it that they, like, put us all off in one corner by ourselves. So, like, yeah, we all know each other. Like, how could we not? Yeah, they've shoved us all in one place. We have to know each other. There's yeah. no other way we can do this. And I really like this whole part because Willem and Simmon are finally meeting Debbie, like Kavoth, whose reputation far, like, precedes her. Yes. And... She knows Fela too. Yeah. And so they were saying, oh, we knew each other at the university before... And I just love Debbie. She's so, like, powerful and crass. She's like, she's, like before definitely... I was expelled, I'm not ashamed of it. Yeah, it just, she like... owns her own narrative. Yes. So good for her. Yeah. Total... But it's so funny. She's, like, looking Fela up and down. And they end up, she gives Fela a pair of earrings. Yeah. To, you know, add a little sparkle to it. And poor Fela's like, well, I didn't have anything nice enough to go with the dress. And, like, it took me so long to do my hair. I didn't have any time for other things. And it's so cute because Debbie's like, ah, oh, those earrings look better on you than me. Like, just being really flattering. But they're all really kind of concerned for her with Ambrose. And it comes out that Debbie has a history with Ambrose. Yeah. And I guess word came out that, like, he's abusive to women and more than just controlling and, like, especially like, with, beats like, them. Yeah. Yeah. So. Dude's a piece of shit. If you already didn't like him, now you have extra reason to not like him. And, uh, yeah, they're trying to give Fela tips on, like, how to stall. Yes, and prevent... Prevent herself from getting stuck in a bad situation. Exactly. And there is this cool little moment where Kavoth is like, you know, I'm sorry. 
I betrayed your trust and I thought I couldn't trust you and that was like a foolish thing. Oh, to Devi? Yeah. For a second, I thought you meant to. (laughs) No, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, Kabul has a moment with Devi and she's like, I hate Ambrose. That's why I'm doing this. You know, if things pan out well after this tonight, we will talk. Yeah. Like, that's all I'm going to like. She's not really budging, but she's also not shutting it down. Exactly. And so there's like this whole part where then um, it comes out that Devi pretty much like whooped Kavol's ass and like a sympathy battle. <laughs> yeah. And so Will and Simon are like, what? Yeah, tell us, tell us. And I do like this little comment that Kavol says where and we were talking about yes, the earlier yes. part of the episode where it's like, that was two weeks ago. Like, I'm Yeah, much I'm better much now. better now. And normally two weeks isn't a lot, but it's been two weeks of constant. Constant vigilance. <laughs> All like in Mad Eye Moody. Mad Eye Moody. Constant vigilance. But that's really what it was. So like, I feel like is... I feel like it would just cause. be like basically doing a plank around the clock. Like your core is going to get super strong really fast. I'm yoked. But um, yeah, so we have this whole gang and I love it because for the first time, I think Kvothe is kind of outnumbered by his peers. I, yeah. Where like, you know, we always have these moments of like Kvothe being the narrator interacting with like two to three characters at a time and either like trying to be witty or clever or like the shining star of the conversation. Yeah, and they're, you know, busting his chops and joking around. Yeah, so it's kind of cool to see him, like... Just be part of the crew. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't always get to be the leader all the time. Or the cool guy, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I really like that, and I do like that Debbie is just kind of busting on Will and Simmon constantly. She's like, who are the morons? Like, Yep. <laughs> she's cool. Yeah, she's very fun. And so, you know, they're building up the fire. Fela's heading down to uh, go off on our date with Ambrose. Ugh, Godspeed. Seriously. And I just, I love Debbie's character because as they're building it up, Kavolt is like letting Debbie know it's about a half mile away of like what they're using the fire as a heat source to do. Yep. Which obviously ends up being causing a fire in Ambrose's rooms. Right. But we don't know as readers yet what's like going no. on. So Kavolt is like alluding to like what this plan is, but we don't know. Mm-hmm. And so he's like warning her. He's like the slippage. And she's <gasps> like, but she I should... do my own calculations. Yes. So cool. And he like leaves her to it. And Mole's like, you lectured me for like an hour. And it's like, <sighs> Debbie's on a whole nother level. It is, I mean, both covers well. He's like, we don't have time. Like, we'll just have to do. But he also knows how powerful, powerful Debbie is. Yes. She crushed him. Oh, it was so cool. Although I'm pretty sure Mola is. Mola, I don't know if we know how good she is at sympathy, but I would like to think because she's so, like, calculated and in control in terms of her medica abilities is probably pretty good at sympathy, too. Oh, I totally agree. Um, so a little time passes, and before everyone goes to play their parts in this evening's heist, um, <laughs> Simon, being the good friend, also gives Kavoth as a backup, uh, just in case, um, like a salve or an ointment in case he gets burned. Yeah, so like calling back to the alchemy chapter, like Kavoth has that stuff on his hands that Sim gave him, and then yeah, just in case he doesn't estimate the timing right or whatever, if he does burn his hands. He's got some medicine now. Yeah, he's, just, he's a good friend. He thought it through. There's also a callback to that chapter. Remember, he said he got his new boots. Yeah. Those boots come up at the end of the chapter. <laughs> yeah, I think Fela even says, like, oh, I like your boots. He's like, they're new. Oh, yeah, but he also used them to stomp around at the end of the chapter. They're called hobnail boots, and I'm wondering if it's, like, the equivalent of, like, steel toad or, like, if underneath, like, the soles are, like, metal knobs. No, the boots are, like, nailed. The soles are nailed on. Oh. Okay. I didn't know if that was a real thing. And So there's, like, the heads of the nails are on the sole. Like little nubbies that stick out. I understand now. Thank you. Yes. It's a real thing. Okay. Yep. No, I had no idea. Never seen boots like that, so I didn't know if that was They're, like, an old thing. Yeah. Cool. Well, Simon is rocking a sweet pair of kicks. Yup. <laughs> and so Kavoth has been going to the um golden pony on and off for like two span yep so it's he not said suspicious he'd been, like, that he'd be a patron a regular there. customer yeah so he's playing cards there with willem 
and you know there's a harpist that's playing um sweet winter rye but uh, a place like this like it's such a nice establishment it's more of like an attractive musician rather than a good musician they're just kind of killing time and hanging out and then there's this like hilarious moment where that Kavoth describes when like the heist plan starts to begin because they they set up basil outside to yell fire mm-hmm. so he like really leans into the part and makes it super dramatic and everyone inside the pub like has that pause moment where they don't know what to do and they kind of like look around before they decide and like spring into action and Kavoth is like trying to time it correctly and look equally stunned but at the same time he's like so eager to get this going yeah he's like what where what's going on <laughs> yeah. But he says he also, like, by the time everyone else starts moving, he's, like, already up the stairs. Yeah, like, it must be coming from upstairs. I'll go check it out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll randomly check this fourth room on the left, just to uh, be certain. And so... Yeah, so he goes upstairs and he sees smoke coming out of the uh, bottom of Ambrose's rooms. Right. And we get this other piece of information about, like, I guess it's artificery? yes oh my god i forgot about this part this is awesome this like a seed stone yeah so he mentions that he came across it while they were looking in the archives for the gram schema Mm -hmm. and it's essentially a stone that stores up all the power of like momentum in it and uses it all in one little burst so it just like has this intense amount of power behind it and he he like tries to time it so it looks like he pushes the door open but just uses the siege stone and it like crushes the door in yeah the door like crumples in it and <laughs> so, it's awesome and i think he says he's like interested to see what kind of rumors come out of that like later yeah because it looks like he just like used his hulk strength to like crush a wooden door <laughs> yeah and i love the like sympathetic principles behind it because it clearly almost so it, it describes like how like a crossbow basically has um like stored energy yeah and then releases it and it's like the same kind of principle and i love the concept behind that super it's so cool. smart ambrose room is like busted open and it's dark but there's you know smoke in the air and kavoth is totally playing the part like Hello, is anyone in there? Is everyone all right? Yeah. Yeah, really trying to look the hero. (laughs) Yeah, just totally trying to be Prince Gallant as usual. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But now it's high time. So he just starts kind of like going through Ambrose's stuff. And like he like kicks over like a chamber pot and is like opening drawers. Oh, yeah, like throwing things out the windows. Yeah. Kicking things uh just like making a huge mess of yeah. the place he opens the window and yells clear the street and he starts like throwing like furniture that's where simon fire. appears and is like stomping on things in the street to help put them out yes he's like using the hobnail boots and just crushing things so and it's perfect because he says like the inside of the the bureau is like smoldering yeah. and that's where like the sympathetic link is going to and when he opens it it just like really catches on fire so he kind of like just lets it all burn yeah he's like cool this will definitely like take care of everything yep problem solved and so um so he's in there alone for the first couple of minutes but then everyone else like finally helps like a couple more brave people enter the rooms and help put the fire out um but it's just like a scene of chaos for like maybe five minutes yeah where Kavoth looks like he's being heroic and trying to, like, battle this fire and, like, save the Golden Pony from burning down. Mm-hmm. And other patrons of the Golden Pony come in and they're actually helping Kavoth. People are have pitchers of water and they're splashing, like, uh, the walls and other areas of that bureau and the ceiling that are getting fire damaged and, like, smoke ridden. Yeah. And so... I think Kavoth makes, like, some big statement of, like, should have put your candles out or something that's coming oh, and yes, it's yes, so yes, good yes. Okay. and so as most of the fires put out kavoth is sitting on the edge of the bed and willem is wrapping kavoth's hand up and it's not because it's actually burnt <laughs> oh, yeah. uh simmons alchemical like uh compound on his hands did its job but it would have looked sketchy Simon. if you know he was completely unharmed yeah so, i mean i'm imagining his face is all like sooty and smoky but you gotta at least pretend yeah and so uh kavol's shirt's actually part of it is burned up he is sooty and smoky should have stolen a shirt while you were there seriously and we hear uh horse hooves on the cobblestone arriving in the distance 
And as we hear stomping and racing up the stairs in that particularly arrogant voice of, what the hell's going on? What are you all doing in my rooms? Ambrose is like, what are you doing in my rooms to Kavoth? And Kavoth looks completely shocked and is like, these are your rooms? I literally burned myself saving your things. I love that he says, even though he's acting in this moment, he's trying so hard not to laugh. <laughs> yes. And so Ambrose looks at the bureau, all burned and destroyed, looks at the drawers out on like the street and looks at Kavoth and has like this shocked realization that like, clearly the mama I've been using got burned up. It was you who originally snuck into my room but and now it's destroyed. But there's no proof. Yeah, so like Ambrose, like, like this is this total realization hits him like a ton of bricks, and he's like, yeah, he's like, get out, you thieving rue! Like, if anything's missing, I'm gonna have the constable down on you. And Willem, oh boy, totally just starts this whole like everybody hate Ambrose moment of like it's perfect. You caught him, Ambrose. Tell Kavoth to put the fire back, and then like everyone who's like a patron in the Golden Pony is like Ambrose. You like you're a dick, and like yeah, put the fire back, and like everyone just like <laughs> against Ambrose in this yeah, moment. Yeah, because they like Kavoth looks like such a hero to them. Yeah, and Ambrose is being such an like so grossly over-the-top rude right now yeah and so before kavoth can even respond he starts like actually coughing and choking from smoke inhalation <laughs> so like it further really like, kind of hamming it up a little bit oh yeah and then he literally and it says like he milks the scene for all it's worth yes like, just goes all like proud and indignant it's like you're welcome i love that such a great final words right there and so then the actual owner of the golden pony like comes up and is like what the hell's going on Oh, this line is so good. Because it, it calls back way to the beginning of how Ambrose got Kavoth in trouble at the archives. Oh. Oh. And he says, Oh, yes, oh my yes, yes, yes. This is like the best revenge. He literally goes, Candles are a dangerous thing. And he looks at Ambrose in the eyes and he said, Honestly, boy, I don't know what you're thinking. A member of the Arcanum should know better. Oh, I had not thought of that. Yes. It's all coming together. Oh, yeah. Perfect full circle. So good. The gang makes their way back over to the bonfire. I love this, like, debrief they all have. Yes. It's, it's so good. It's so fun because as they're all, like, chatting about what was going on and, like, the you know how well they pulled it off it comes out that all of them did like one extra little thing to slight ambrose yes which is so funny because Kvothe is playing innocent at first and then willem's like you kicked his chamber pot over and then everyone's like yeah we did all these other things too oh yeah it was so good where like fela totally puts up like a whole like like outburst like how could you do this to me like i'm never gonna go on a date with you ever again like you blew it which is perfect because now she has like a- an she excuse to like say why give she would him the cold shoulder and never yep. exactly yeah because someone went to get Fela and then he- they walked back to the golden pony to like check out what was going on and she threw this whole fit yes and they thought it was so funny it's so cute oh it was great Fela and Simon are doing um kind of like a reiteration of, of the conversation between her and Ambrose. Oh yeah, they get into the like well, I listened to it on audiobook and they like had these really funny, silly accents, like making fun of Ambrose while they were doing it. Yeah, and so it's cute because Ambrose, you know, used more foul language than Simon said, and so he goes, There's things you should never call a lady and like Fela's all like please and like sitting next to uh, him, like, arm in arm on, like, one of the wooden benches. I know, and they're all, like, whispering, all, like, yeah, just cute. They're all just hamming it up, and it's cute. The thing that Kavoth also did, in addition to kicking over Ambrose's chamber pot, is he pickpocketed Ambrose's wallet on the way out. Yeah, bro got some money. He got a good chunk of money, and the best bonus of all, the pickup slip for Dennis Ring from a jeweler. Yeah, so it was, like, four awesome things in one like, i know mama's destroyed slight ambrose everyone hates ambrose get the money get the ring yes it's so good so everything went to plan finally for once i know but they're all sitting on the fire and fela and simon as you said were like being all cutesy and they start she asks them to cite that poetry again yeah so call back to like the first time that they 
maybe had feelings for each other. So everyone's having a good time. Oh, for sure. And there was a good amount of money in that purse that Kavoth picked up. It had six talents. So, all right. For constantly being like on the verge of poverty, like. Still not enough to pay back Debbie, but that's a good chunk into it. Yes. And so. During the debrief, Willem and Simon fill Devi in on like what started this in the beginning about like trying to get the ring back for Denna. Denna and you know, everything that kinda goes with that. I think it was a really cool little side adventure getting all these characters together in one spot that you never would have imagined all hanging out together. Yeah, I'm really happy that they're all in one place it's like the most not realistically college party ever just like all these groups of people just hanging out but instead it's like let's legally cause a fire to someone's rooms and rob them (laughs) and steal his stuff so definitely one of my favorite parts of this uh section of the book it's just so cool it's so good the only unfortunate thing is that like ambrose does make all the connections and there is that huge coming up like the huge blowout where he calls down the Iron Law on Kavoth and, like, things go bad there. Yeah, but it's not relation to this. It's, like, for when he called the name of the wind and attacked him. No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, their feud is always escalating. Yes. And because Ambrose was upset at the thief situation, it's just adding to his hatred for Kavoth. So, again, this just kind of adds more fuel to the fire pun intended for the title chapter with the ongoing (laughs) uh kind of war that is uh kvothe and ambrose yeah but it it is the change in quotes luck for this whole portion of the book so i think it's an awesome chapter i think it's a great place to end the episode because we spent way too long talking about it but oh it's just so cool it's so fun (laughs) it's so fun and I just love that everything actually went to plan for once. Yeah, very few times do things go according to plan. So it's nice to see the gang have a win. Yeah. But until next Wednesday, everyone, not Mondays anymore. Happy reading. Thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, check out our website, fantasticbookspod.com. Or follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Fantastic Books Pod. Don't forget to follow, rate, and leave a review. Thanks. Thanks.